You're listening on KSCO AM 1080 and KOMY AM 1340. So this hour, we're fortunate to have with us in the studio Audrey Murr Copland, who has built up a dedicated following over 35 years in the spiritual field. She was fortunate to develop her skills alongside mentors such as Sir George Trevelyan, Frederick Lionel, Leela Beck, Brew Joy and Barbara Ann Brennan. She's a natural sensitive who works intuitively with colour and energy, yet she has always sought to grow and develop her skills through experience and deep study. Consequently, her work is thoroughly grounded in the teachings of the great masters and is also practically tried and tested via the hundreds of individual healing consultations she is given and through her work with groups at conferences and courses. She's very widely travelled and has taught many hundreds of people how to heal and be healed in numerous places, including America, Canada, Newfoundland, Alaska, Germany, Israel, Spain and Portugal. Audrey has also helped set up healing organizations in Europe and the USA. And she first became aware of the healing power of her voice when she was presenting spiritual development groups where participants were entranced by the energy conveyed as she spoke. And students eagerly suggested that she should record her voice. And she then developed the first of her creative visualizations, which were an instant success. She's continued devising new meditations ever since, and the whole range is now available on CD. And if you have any questions for Audrey about healing, Reiki, meditation, and how to take the time to heal, do call the studio on 831-479-1080. Welcome to the studio, Audrey. Thank you very much for that wonderful invitation (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome and if you're wondering about audrey and i having the same last name it is because we are related she is my mum so i had to do a little less research about her than i do for my usual guests anyway she's currently over from england visiting so it seemed an ideal chance to have her on the show to talk about healing which has been her business for over 30 years and so i was wondering can you tell us how you first got interested in healing and creative visualization what was your kind of first peak experience perhaps with this well with 35 years experience i i'm very old aren't i (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about that you could have started when you were like three or something but young at heart (laughs) anyway um well yes that's quite an interesting question because um i had to write an article once on spiritual reflections and uh, i've always believed that a spiritual healer is really just a reflector and that in order to be a reflector it's also necessary to become reflective and that's why I like to make time at the end of each day to reflect back on how I lived it and what I got right or might need to change it's my time I suppose to get to know and understand myself better Mm. but talking about peak experiences I have to go back really to a period in 1976 Really, before I became interested in healing, I was with friends on a houseboat on the Colorado River in Arizona in a sweltering heat of 124 degrees. And we would climb down onto sandbanks to cool off in the water, hand-feeding crumbs to shoals of brightly colored orange sunfish swimming all around us. Most of the time, we hardly saw another boat as we ambled along, taking in the craggy mountainous peaks, rising up on either side. And I learned that many hundreds of Native American Indians had been resettled and subsequently died 
in some of the places that we were looking out on where it was very bleak and hostile and later in the welcome coolness of the evening I painfully reflected upon this situation as I stretched out on my stomach and flat roof of the houseboat emotions stirred unexpectedly within me I became puzzled and a little disturbed by their intensity it was as if I knew what it had been like to be there the suffering anyway absorbing by the absorbed by these thoughts I looked out across the river at the gigantic jagged peaks silhouetted against a glorious sky of peach gold and crimson light mystically reflected in the mirror like water below the stillness and the silence was awesome then in what I can only describe as one perfect moment and in the blink of an eye I transcended my physical body and became the sky the setting sun the mountains the river the heron skimming gracefully over tall reeds in the water I became a part of everything universally connected and in my heart I knew that I just touched the hand of God the creator who had touched my very soul hmm. so that was my first peak experience and a gift that I'll always treasure hmm. I often reflect upon it because there is no doubt in my mind that it was a wonderful catalyst for me to take so many other journeys hmm. both on the inner and the outer planes of consciousness so exploring visualization and meditation is just as exciting as if I was trying to climb Mount, Mount Everest <laughs> or swim the channel and that experience put me on a path to healing it also made me realize that as a spiritual healer I too am just a catalyst for others to begin their own journeys right Hmm. That was a very beautifully described experience, which uh, leads me to think that your um, creativity in, in your description is probably going to really help you with uh, doing your creative visualizations, because that's an artistic form, in a way, to do that. If you just joined us, we're um, talking to Audrey Mercopland, who has um, over 35 years experience in creative visualization, healing and meditation. And we're going to be um, learning a lot more about that if you stay with us. But we're going to go to a commercial break now. So join us after the break. You're listening to KSCO AM 1080 and KOMY AM 1340. <laughs> Welcome back with me, Ruth Copland. And my guest for this hour is Audrey Mer Copland, if you just joined us. And at the top of the hour, after the news at six, we're going to be talking to Kenny Buttrell, celebrated Americana artist, and he's also going to be playing live for us in the studio. So, we were just hearing about how Audrey started out... Um, getting interested in creative visualization and uh, and I guess healing from that as well. 
So can you explain, in case the listeners don't know, what, what is creative visualization in the, to- uh, um, in the form of using it for healing? Well, creative visualization is really um, using nature's imagery because nature's imagery is very powerful and has a very deep effect on the energy body, our energy body. And um, it's all there out in nature, everywhere you look. Um, there is therapeutic energy, universal life force energy. And um, there's trees, there's plants, flowers, streams, sunshine, blue skies. So in a way, using um, nature in imagery takes us straight to the heart center hmm. and to the heart of creativity. And I doubt that there isn't a person alive who hasn't actually been in awe of a sunrise or a sunset and um, been able to visualize all the beautiful colors that such an experience emanates. So, you know, imagine, for instance, the sky street with glorious colors of peach and apricot and golden hues. So... I found as a spiritual healer that it was necessary to relax a person before actually laying on of hands. And intuitively, I just tuned in to nature and would give um, a five or ten minute little relaxation, asking the person to just sit back and close their eyes and just follow what I was imaging for them. And it was amazing how quickly the synchronicity of relaxation occurred between the patient and myself. And after the healing had taken place, they seemed to feel that they'd got more from the actual relaxation journey using natural imagery, taking them on a pleasant walk around a beautiful garden, listening to birds singing or sitting by um, a beautiful calm lake looking at a blue sky and um, just pondering uh, where they were in their own consciousness it took them out of themselves but it took them into nature into the therapeutic energy and um, there are different levels obviously to creative visualization and each symbol can take you to a different level if a person's very excitable very high very nervous, very tense, then you would just sit them against a beautiful oak tree, looking up at the spreading branches, allowing the beautiful sunshine to just envelop them and make them feel warm and comfortable. And they could look out around them and visualize whatever they felt that they wanted to be there with them. It could be um, the ocean. It could be uh, a garden. Whatever they felt, you know, was necessary. But um, creative visualization is very powerful and um, it is a great tool to be able to change a person's consciousness from stress to deep relaxation. Now, I know you've um, created a a series of CDs with recorded um, creative visualizations which have music and also... um, a led uh, meditation or visualization that people can follow. So is this something that people then can use 
you know, at home, if they're ill, people in hospital, that kind of thing? Yes, one of the things that um, uh, lots of people asked me was, can you record these journeys that you give us quite intuitively? So, yes, I did. I decided that I would record them. And um, one of the first ones that I recorded was the temple meditation. And that um, is actually asking a person to go into the temple of their soul to experience what it's like to actually be in a place of inner peace and inner healing and before they can actually approach this temple they're on a beautiful journey looking at the landscape all around them and as they take seven steps towards the entrance of the temple there are seven things they have to let go they have to release and um, in so doing they're really preparing themselves for inner healing and um, an inner experience. So that's one of the tapes, one of the CDs. The other one was when I got involved with teaching Reiki because uh, I had been teaching spiritual healing for over 20 years. And of course, when you teach spiritual healing, you have to understand all about the consciousness and the different levels and relaxation and meditation and how to be centered and um, how to keep a person safe and secure during that experience because they will start to uh, go very deep and the brain waves change from the ordinary um, level to a higher level such as alpha, theta and in a way it's like daydreaming or imagining and so these different tools are applied to a new CD having taken on the understanding of Reiki and um, it's called uh, Reiki Pathway to the Soul and it's a great self-healing experience um, it's a really beautiful journey and I've had lots of very good feedback about both mm. of the CDs and I think both these CDs the Temple Meditation and Reiki Pathway to the Soul are available at cdbaby.com if anybody is interested so just go to cdbaby.com and put in Audrey Murr Copland, which is M-U-R-R and then C-O-P-L-A-N-D. And Audrey, first of all, which you probably know how to spell that, but it's A-U-D-R-E-Y. And Audrey also has a great website, you, the letter U, can heal it, dot com, if you wanted to check that out. And you mentioned um, when you were describing that about um, with the temple meditation about release. Is release part of healing, do you think, then? It's the greatest part of healing, absolutely. Uh, we all have things that we want to release. And one of the things that I had to learn very quickly when I first became a spiritual healer was that when a person comes to you, they're not just coming with a symptom or a complaint. They're bringing their whole life. And therefore, that's what you're working with. So what was the question? Uh, release. Is release, release a really important part of, of healing? Yes. Um, really, that's all spiritual healing and Reiki healing is. It's helping a person to release layers of cellular memory. Uh, healing, it takes place at a cellular level. And as, um, as I understand it, uh, spiritual healing and Reiki are pretty much the same, but Reiki is, um, it utilizes symbols. That's come from, from the East, from Japan, Reiki, right? 
Yes, 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 um, absolutely. It's based completely um, on symbology, and uh, each symbol can take you to a different level of consciousness. And the greater part of, uh, of Reiki is the self-healing part, which I was most impressed with, the fact that uh, a person can use their own healing ability, which everyone has at some level or another, to be able to place hands on their own body, particularly around the head, and um, breathe and relax and have creative thoughts such as inner peace, breathing in love, breathing out peace, breathing in nature in whatever form they feel they want to, and then suddenly their hands become alive. It's almost as if the energy um, has transcended to a point where they can bring it through their own body consciousness and apply their hands um, onto different parts that hurt or feel in need of being soothed and comforted. Hmm. So I found I found that it was interesting comparing uh, Reiki to spiritual healing because it depends really on the person that how developed they are and what level of consciousness they can reach and what levels of attunement that they've developed that actually really then um, bring through the energy that... Uh, so you, you could say that Reiki could be spiritual healing without the symbols, except that in spiritual healing I use symbols such as breathing in love, breathing in peace, breathing in harmony, breathing in joy. And that puts me into an altered state, whereas when I was working with Reiki, I would be connecting to the energy of each level of the symbol. And some of the symbols are for the very um, basic, practical, physical level, where perhaps there is a lot of pain that needs to be released. And then the heart level, and then the higher level, the spiritual level. So the symbols actually do go up in various levels. So Reiki's become very popular, hasn't it? I mean, it's sort of superseded. I, I think most people would have heard of Reiki, but perhaps not everybody's heard of um, spiritual healing. Do you think that's just because it's not got spiritual in the, the title, that it's more accessible to people like acupuncture and qigong and, and things like that? Or? I think possibly, yes, because lots of people say that they're an energy healer and they're using the same energy, universal energy, but um, I'm proud of the fact that I'm a spiritual healer and um, when I taught, started to teach Reiki, I actually called it spiritual Reiki because um, I think that the spiritual level, the divine level, um, the universal level can't be avoided. Right. And I think I've heard you say that... Um there can be healing in the form of like a mother um, soothing her child or something like that but becoming a healer is sort of a formalization of that process of of really learning how to channel that through you in a way um, that then offers it to the person you're giving it to for their own healing as their body wants to use it is that how you would describe it well um, because I've been teaching spiritual healing and have had a lot of um, wonderful teachers, uh, one has to understand that um, you can burn yourself out. You're using your nervous system. 
And if you're forcing something, an electrical field of energy, a higher energy, a divine energy, to be able to bring that through your consciousness without understanding that it is a very high field, you've got to be able to earth yourself, which is done through the feet. You've got to be able to center yourself. But most of all, you've got to use the breath as a transformer. And um, that's what's so good about creative visualization, because if you can slow the breath and relax through breathing in and out, feeling, you know, that you're breathing in the trees, the sky, the sunshine, a beautiful placid pool, or sitting by the ocean watching the waves, and just using the breath as a transformer, you can suddenly, you know, be um, totally in another state of being, whereby you are releasing and you are relaxing and you are letting go. So the tools to become a healer are quite immense and the development is quite profound. Although, as you say, there are levels to healing and um, when a mother sees her child fall over and cut her knee or hurt herself, she'll rush forward and start to rub it and say, Mummy, make you better. And that's one level of healing and it works. But when you're dealing with sick people, very sick people, you've got to understand that there is a certain amount of responsibility if you're working with someone, say, who's terminal. Can I, can I relate an experience I had with a 14-year-old boy? His mother got in touch and said that he'd just been discharged from uh, the Royal Marsden Hospital, which is a big cancer hospital in the London area, and that he'd only been given three weeks to live he got leukemia and she was beside herself and so was her husband they didn't know what to do they were christians and they weren't sure what kind of healing was available through the organization which i represented but anyway they said they were willing to try it and they brought him along and there he was a lovely 14 year old boy totally bald with a little woolly hat on his head and um he was just a joy to work with he was just such fun he made fun of his illness almost and he looked at his parents and said it's a good job it's me with the leukemia and not them but we started giving him healing laying on of hands two of us my husband and myself but at the same time the thing that he said he most enjoyed was being taken out of himself and um, we used to walk him through a meadow and open a gate and he would walk up a lovely soft green hillside and there was this beautiful oak tree which he liked to rest against and feel the strength and support that the tree provided for him and then he looked at the sun filtering through the tree through the leaves of the tree and it was so special to him that after three weeks he was still very well and still very much here with us the Royal Marsden offered him platelets and said they'd like him to come in again and he wasn't very happy to have uh, more interference but um, he asked me to record the journey for him and he put it onto earphones and whilst he was having all this stuff um, put into his body he was away on that hillside sitting against this beautiful tree looking out on whatever he wanted to see and it made all the difference he didn't have any sickness after chemotherapy and um, in the end he started making up his own visualizations mm. and uh, he, he died after six months but he died happy and joyous and full of light 
and his parents say that it was the most transformational transformational experience they'd ever been through and they thanked us profusely for providing it mm, that's wonderful i mean unfortunately you know healing's not always in a position to to cure especially when people come very late in in an illness but it obviously can provide huge support and and benefits in in other ways and that's a really beautiful really beautiful example of that well, if you just joined us, we're listening, um, sorry, we're, we're talking to Audrey Mer Copland in the studio with us today about healing and creative visualization and how we can also perhaps take the time to heal ourselves. So we're, we're going to be looking at that more. Um, we're going to go into a commercial break now. So do keep it here with us on KSCO AM 1080 and KOMY AM 1340. Hi, welcome back to It's the Way of Love Live. And the song we're playing in and out to is the new single of Lacey J. Dalton that I played uh, at the top of the hour. We have in the studio with us Audrey Mer Copland. We've been talking about healing, visualization, creative visualization. And um, just before the break, we were um, talking about an experience that you had, Audrey, with a young man who um, was helped with creative visualization. And I'm thinking that you must have other stories. Uh, I mean, in your long career, must have been some beautiful experiences that you've had. Would you like to share any more with us? Well, there was just one very special experience that I had. I was teaching courses in Newfoundland and um, I stopped off there on the way to uh, New York uh, and uh, whilst there I met this young woman who uh, wasn't very well and on the way back from New York I stopped off in Newfoundland again to take more um, training courses and I was asked if I could uh, visit this young woman whom I'd met her name was Linda and I said oh dear what's wrong and they said well She's in hospital and she's uh, been diagnosed with terminal cancer at the age of 23. She was a single mother, had a three-year-old daughter. And they asked if I could go along to the hospital. Well, I only had three days uh, in Newfoundland after they asked me if I could do anything to help. So I went along and to my absolute horror, I found Linda lying in a lifeless room absolutely alone the room was just totally lifeless and dreary and the reason why was because the only window that this room had in the hospital her room had been blocked up uh, so it was just a solid oh, piece no. of cement Awful. and there she was you know she got a few vases of flowers but other than that she was lying still in this cot just looking at this concrete window and i thought to myself right somehow we have got to open this window, this window of her mind, this window of her creative ability to be able to look through this window at anything that she wants to perceive. And um, in an hour, we had opened that window to all kinds of vistas, to the sunset, to the sunrise, to the sky, to trees, to mountains, to lakes. And she was just experiencing wonderful visions of different places that she felt in her own heart that she wanted to share with herself 
in this dreary room. And um, I went the next day, and apart from, you know, the fact that she'd been lying very still in this awful room, here she was sitting up with her feet over the side of the bed, and she was so excited. She said that she had just been looking out of this window and visualizing so many different places and ex having wonderful experiences. And uh, a few days later, she was allowed to go home to uh, be with her family and her, her little girl. And that's the power of creative visualization, the power of imagination, but also the power of nature and being able to take parts of nature in any form one wants to do and uh, use it beneficially for yourself. So anybody can do this. You can have a walking uh, experience, walking meditation, a walking visualization, taking in all that's around you, being aware of your breath and bringing in, it in on the breath in a transformational way so that it connects with your heart, with your mind, with your body and starts to filter through to every part of your being. And so it's a daily thing, it's a daily process, even if you're driving in the car. Um, somebody was sharing with me yesterday the fact that they just love the drive that they have to go to work mm. because they're looking at all the different trees changing colour, the leaves on the trees, you know, falling down perhaps, and the different uh, vistas of uh, different gardens and flowers and colours. And, you know, colour... Colour is very important too. We should breathe in colour, especially the bright, light, uh, beneficial colours. When people are depressed, they tend to wear lots of black and grey or very, very dark greens if they've been very wounded in the heart with relationships or abuse. So that's a whole new um, aspect of creative visualisation, mm. being able to use colour. I think also I heard that wearing black can um, be about drawing in energy or conserving energy too. Yes, it's um, a support system. It sort of supports you. That's why in ancient times and perhaps even now some people like to wear black when they're, bere when they're going through a bereavement. It kind of um, pulls you together, holds you up, connects you and um, you're self-absorbed then. But uh, if you can, it's very beneficial to break down the black with something brighter a nice um, green for instance green is all around us and we don't realize that green is the master ray of nature it's full of harmony and balance and it's extremely good for cancer because somehow people when they're very seriously ill lose the green or lose the, the heart of nature and uh, green energy is very beneficial for the energy body because it is very harmonious. And to breathe it in, you know, to breathe in the colour of grass, to breathe in the trees is uh, exceedingly beneficial. Mm. I was just thinking on um, my Wednesday show this week before Thanksgiving, we were talking about gratitude and uh, we were talking about how just being grateful for very small things like a beautiful sunset or walking you know could be really transformative and it sounds like in a way this is connected to what you're saying is that just taking that time 
to notice this, these things enables us to open out and actually accept them into us in a way which when we're busy, 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 perhaps we're not doing so much. Yeah, I, I somehow feel that when I come here I'm in the fast lane. Everything seems to be taking off at such a speed and everybody's so busy and so concentrating on the time and whether they've got time to do this, that or something else in the time. And sometimes, you know, they just close their eyes off to what's out there if they're in a car or at the computer um, or texting uh, or on a mobile phone. So we, we do block ever such a lot from our vision and from our imagination. And when we get blocks in the consciousness, then that they're creating stress. And when you get stress, you're getting dis-ease. And when you've got dis-ease and it's not being um, helped with any form of uh, relaxation or breath work then you get disease mm -hmm. and so you know we can cause a lot of these problems ourselves but also we can alleviate so much ourselves we're our, our own healers and I once had it explained to me that the fact that I had become interested in healing was because I turned a corner in my own life and was ready to heal myself and I was very intrigued by that remark and then the same teacher said to me you've got to learn to love yourself and I thought well how can one love themselves that's ridiculous but then I began to realize that how could you love anything or anyone if you couldn't love yourself honor yourself who you were what you were and why you were and so it's been an incredible journey and I'm going to try to set it all down because there's just so much, really, that I've been blessed with. And I'm hoping in January to sit down in my retirement and to get my book started for the love of healing. Oh, well, that would be great. I encourage you to do that. And if you just joined us, we're talking to Audrey Mayer Copland, who has spent over 35 years in the healing field, teaching healing, Reiki, and creative visualization. So I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, you know, it's so nice to get treatments from other people, and we all like to do that. It's sort of easier to to go and see somebody to, to get a massage or healing or help but of course for most of us that's unrealistic really to go too often so self-healing seems like a great practice and i think what you were saying about everything being so busy busy in our lives such that we just get very caught up in in all our obligations whether they be family or work that uh, you know we're we're doing a lot more than we're being and i think from what you're saying it sounds like that these kind of practices the breathing creative visualization meditation are enabling us to take some time to be and find out who we really are and at that point be able to try and love ourselves as you're saying oh absolutely yes because um most of us don't know why we're here who we are or why we are you know we just um worry about money uh, whether we've got enough love in our life and um, what the kids are doing <laughs> uh, I have an exercise here that I can't actually give as an exercise over the air because obviously I don't want people to go into an altered state while they're driving but um, I want to just um, make you aware of how breathing and exchanging energy in the heart 
can be very beneficial. To be able to use the breath completely depends on one's ability to concentrate and for us to be able to concentrate well on each breath. And as we're breathing in and relaxing with each breath, we're going to say to ourselves, this breath is going to make me into what I need to be. And then if you follow that breath, the breath has to enter the lungs and has to have an exchange. And the red blood cells carry the oxygen through the blood so that the whole body breathes. And the breath is actually contained in every single cell of the body. So sense the breath and let each inspiration reach into the deepest, most spiritual level, the I am. And breathe for the heart and expand and develop that feeling of love. If you do this well and you will actually be breathing out radiance and love. So if you breathe consciously and your body relaxes into the feeling of love, then with each breath you will become more beautiful. And just imagine now that you're standing in front of yourself. Imagine now that you see another of you standing there and try to feel what this other you is receiving from you in your out breath. And try to feel that this other you is accepting it all because it feels that there is a great link between the two of you. Now imagine another human being irritable and angry in front of you and immediately the quality of your breath will change and your attitude will probably reflect some kind of revulsion. So be aware that our space around us to which we are so vulnerable depends upon what we are, how we are and largely upon our out-breath because it's on the out-breath that we let go, that we release stress, that we release unhappiness and disappointment. So just take some time to sit quietly and watch the ebb and flow of your own breath and see it as a body support moving into a force of forceful transcendence within yourself. But each of us has to find a way of breathing in and out love so that not only will it fill the whole of our body but it will fill the whole of a room and wherever we go we can spread that love to whomever we meet. Wow, that's a, a lovely note to end on and I, I think I've always thought, you know, the Beatles um, song all we, need lo- all we Need Is Love is so true. I Absolutely. Mean, love for ourselves, for everyone else, for God, for the divine, for the universe, whatever. Um, is our way of, of conceiving what is around us. So I want to thank you so much for coming in today and sharing your wisdom with us. Oh, it's us. been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for asking me.